because of Jesus, we can say, it is well with my soul. And I just want to say before we go one step further in this service today, that if for some reason it is not well with your soul, this is the place to find that wellness. This is the place to find that healing for your soul. It's yours for the taking. It's free to you today. I just want you to keep that in your mind as we move forward in this service. Go ahead and have a seat. And I want to start this morning with a story. It's a story that is told of a young African Maasai warrior by the name of Joseph, who was out on a walk one day on a dusty African road, and he had someone to share the gospel with him of Jesus Christ. Right at that moment, things became very clear to him in his mind, and he immediately responded by repenting of his sins and accepting the free gift of salvation offered by Jesus that he had been told about. He was so excited about his newly found faith. You remember that time when that happened with you and how excited you were and you just wanted to tell somebody. Well, he just wanted to tell somebody, but he didn't just want to tell somebody. He wanted to tell his whole village. So he goes back to his village to share this good news with everyone that he could. And so his decision was, and this was before he ever took a course on evangelism, he decided to go door to door in the village, telling everyone what had happened to him and he had an expectation that everyone, every single person that he told, would share the same excitement that he had shared with the good news that has been given to him and as he gives it to them, that they would be excited and receive the same thing. He expected their faces to light up with joy when he told them about Jesus and the good news of what Jesus had done. But instead, he was met with rage and Brutality, actually, because immediately, as he began to share this good news door to door, the men of the village seized him, held him to the ground, and the women of the village came out with barbed wire and whipped him, his whole body, with barbed wire. After his beating, they dragged him into the brush and they left him to die. And he was on the edge of death. But he somehow crawled to a nearby watering hole where he actually spent several days in and out of consciousness recovering from his wounds. He thought to himself, when he came back to himself, what did I do wrong? What part of the story didn't I tell right? What is missing in my testimony in sharing the good news that they did not receive it with joy? So he spent time rehearsing and going back over what had happened to him and, and trying to put it into words that would make sense to people that they would be excited. And so after rehearsing his testimony, he prayed and then he limped himself back into the village to give it another try. These were the words that he came up with that he thought would bring joy to their hearts. This was the message. Jesus died for you so that you might find forgiveness of your sins and come to know the living God. 
Again, the men of the village seized him and the women gave him another flogging. And once more, they dragged his limp, unconscious body from the village and left him to die. To survive that first beating is remarkable, but to survive the second has to be miraculous. And a miracle happened, he recovered. And he returned to his village days later, bruised and scarred, but determined to go back and share the joy of the good news that he had heard of the gospel. As he approached the village with the same message on his tongue, they attacked him before he even had a chance to open his mouth. They saw him coming and just took him. And they flogged him again with the same barbed wire, cutting into the same old wounds. And these were the words that came from his lips before he lost consciousness. It was this, Jesus Christ is Lord. Just before he passed out, he remembers noticing that one of the women beating him was weeping. And as he lapsed into unconsciousness, he remembers seeing others beginning to cry also. The next thing he remembered was waking up in his own bed. With those who had so severely beaten him, now trying to save his life and mend his wounds. And as a result of Joseph's patient, enduring witness under extreme persecution, his drive and determination to bring the good news to the people that he loved, the entire village came to Jesus. This didn't happen in Bible times. This happened in the late 80s. This is what happens when God's people take the gospel to the lost. Some people have actually nicknamed him the barefoot evangelist. And I wanna ask you a question. Have you ever thought of yourself as an evangelist? Have you ever longed for wanted to be one of those people who are excited to share the gospel anytime, anywhere, to anybody, no matter your level of training or no matter your level of experience or no matter and regardless of the reaction of the people that, are trying, that you're trying to give the good news to? Well, in our, in our discussion today, we're gonna see that Jesus predicted a time when the gospel of the kingdom would be preached to the ends of the earth. And so let's go one more time. This is the end of our series, um, Be the Answer. Let's go one more time to the book of Matthew chapter 24. Let's go there and look at Matthew 24, 14. I want to remind you of what we're studying. Jesus is saying that there's a lot of crazy bad stuff is gonna happen in the tribulation period. And he's described, the things that he's describing to us are gonna come into full tribulation force after the rapture of the church. When all hell literally breaks loose on the earth and then God's judgment will come upon all of that. 
But what Jesus, what we've been studying is the buildup to all of that in the tribulation period. We're, Jesus said there will be birth pains that you will experience as we near the end and the end of the church age into the, into the beginning of the tribulation period. And so we've been studying about how we see these things on the horizon and they're increasing in intensity and frequency. And what Jesus is saying here in Matthew 24, 14, let's read it, is that this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Remember that what Jesus is saying to us is prophetic, which means it will happen. All the things that he said are gonna happen are going to happen, and this one is no exception. Now, what we have seen so far are some pretty grim prophecies that, frankly, are, are quite frightening for many reasons. He's warned us of global deception, both inside and outside the church. He's warned us of wars and rumors of wars. And as a result of those, there will be famines and there will be pandemics and then there will be earthquakes of all kinds all over the world. He's told us that persecution is coming and betrayal and hatred and murder that will all come to those who call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and stand for him. We've even learned of lawlessness and lovelessness and the great falling away, the heartbreaking falling away of those who say they believe, but when the persecution fires are turned up, they will run and they will flee and they will actually betray us. But we end our study with this incredibly positive promise. Look at it one more time in verse 14. This gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations, then the end will come. How many people will hear the gospel before the end comes? Do we believe that? Or is that just a, a phrase? Does it really mean that? Can I just tell you something? That when you read prophecy in the scripture, and when it comes from Jesus' lips, there's no way to hold it back from coming. It is going to happen. Amen. Now, it doesn't take much imagination in a technological world we live in today to see how. It's, it's so different today, right, to see than it was like 20, 30 years ago to imagine that the gospel could go out to the entire world. But with the help of cell towers and the help of the internet and the World Wide Web and all of that that's going on, we can see, in fact, did you know that they have programs? Now, we know that, I, I, I'm kind of ignorant on some of this stuff, quite a bit of stuff, actually. But I, I, I find out, you know, I know that there's like an, an app that you can speak into and it will translate it into Spanish. Or trans, We actually have um, some of our Ukrainian brothers and sisters that are here and Russian brothers, they actually have listened to it um, in their own language. They, they'll, they'll hold it up and have my speaking will go into it and then it'll translate. They have said that some of my words, some English words trans into bad words. And <laughs> so we gotta be careful with that. But I didn't know that, 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 that the Bible translators now are actually using technology and using programs where they just plug in the English and they print it out into the, into the new language and they can print Bibles just like that in new languages. That's crazy because it used to take years for translators to translate it from, one, from English into. So we can see how it's happening, but what Jesus is saying that this is going to happen and the gospel of the kingdom will be preached 
to the entire world as a testimony to all the nations. Does that excite you? Did not convince me. (laughs) One of these days, we're gonna learn how to get charismatic. (laughs) Listen, listen, the storm clouds are coming. We know it, we see it, right? You don't, nobody's living in some kind of fantasy world that can't see the storm clouds approaching. The darkness that is coming seems overwhelming and ominous and it might even be suffocating. It is for me sometimes when I think about all that is coming and all that we're going to have to endure. Jesus says that this darkness, these storm clouds, will be coming in an ever-increasing fashion. So not only do we see it now and cause a little bit of panic in us, but we know that it's going to increase as we get closer to the end of time. And yet, what he's telling us now is that like a beam of light in the darkest night, the good news of the gospel will bring the whole world its only message of hope. The gospel of Jesus Christ, which is also called the good news message of Jesus, which is him crucified, risen, and coming again with life and liberty for all who believe, will echo through all the coming catastrophe that is coming and will usher in his soon return. That's what 2414 is telling us. That even though all these horrible things are coming, listen. The gospel will be preached to the ends of the earth and every single person will hear before the end comes. Praise the Lord for that. This is, my brothers and sisters, this is the Lord's positive promise to us. What a great way to end this series. So I wanna ask you a question and you know this question is coming. So who will be the preachers to preach the gospel to the whole world? Now, I cannot, I don't have the time to get deeper into this. You can study this deeper on your own. But I wanna talk about this question because people ask this question. They've actually asked this question in the series. Can people get saved in the tribulation? Yes, they can. People will get saved in the tribulation period. And without having a lot of time to, 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 to get into all this, you can, you can study it on your own. We, they're, going to, they're going to be saved by the ministry of the two um, the, the two witnesses that will be doing miraculous things. And so many will come to Christ through their testimony and the testimony of the 144,000 Messianic Jews that will be spreading the gospel. And many people will come to Christ during the tribulation period, most of which will become martyrs because anyone who is a, is a believer in Jesus Christ in the time of the tribulation will become the enemy of the state. They will actually become the enemies of the Antichrist. And if you do not take the mark of the beast, which if you take the mark of the beast in order to be able to trade and, and buy food and, and, and travel and get health care and everything else, you're gonna have to take that. If you do not take that, then you will probably be murdered. You at least become an enemy of the state. If you take the mark of the beast, then you are doomed to an eternity apart from God. That's the clear teaching of the scripture. But people will get saved in the tribulation. But we are not in the tribulation period. Not one amen. (laughs) Want to do it again? You want another chance? We're not in the tribulation. Praise God. 
Praise God, we're not in the tribulation period. We're in the buildup, we're in the ramp, okay? We're in the birth pains of it all, and we're seeing it happen, but we are not in the tribulation period. And so, go time is our time with the gospel right now. I'm not exactly sure how everything's gonna work in the tribulation period, but I am positively sure of how things work right now, and that is that you and I are the ones who get to take the gospel to the ends of the earth as a testimony to all the nations right now. Does that excite you? I need everybody excited about that. No, no, back up, back up. Phil, you should not have said that. I'm apologizing right now for saying that. Jesus wants every single one of his children to be excited about that. Are you excited about that? Are you excited to go out and share the gospel to the ends of the earth? Be careful answering because your life and the way that you do things will prove whether or not you're excited. The gospel that you and I have in our hearts, we hold in our hands. We have been given, we heard earlier at Ephesians, we have been given the ministry of reconciliation. We have been reconciled to God and therefore given the, the ministry of reconciliation to bring others to God through sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's got to be in our hands and on our lips. We preach Christ and him crucified. And Jesus said, go into all the world and do what? Preach. Preach. Yeah, but I'm not a preacher. Yes, you are. If you know Jesus and you have him in your heart, you are a preacher of the gospel and we are told to go into all the world and preach the gospel and proclaim the gospel. And my friends, if you and I think that we're in the end times, do you think we are? Do you think we're getting closer to it? I believe we're real close to it. Then what we're going to be able to be part of, and you ought to get excited about this, is that we get to be part of the evangelism of the entire world that they will all hear and it has to come from the preachers not the preachers, the preachers. Do you know that the word gospel in the Greek language is evangelion? There it is in Greek, right there. But look at the next, the next slide. If you transliterate it into, if you, if, you, if you do it into English, it's eve. Do you see the word angel in the middle of evangelion? What is the word angel in the middle of that word doing there? Do you know what the word angel means in the Greek? Messenger. And if you take the prefix EV and go to the next slide and you add that, then EV means the good. And so what, what the gospel means literally is the good messenger or the good message. We know it today as the good news of Jesus Christ. But even in the word itself, do you see that even in the word itself, it assumes a person, it assumes a messenger who is going to take the good news of that message to people who need to hear it. It assumes a preacher. Romans 10, 14 says this, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him 
if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone preaches to them? And how will anyone preach to them without being sent? Question, are you and I sent with the gospel to tell people about Jesus? Yes, yes we are, clearly. And as the dark clouds of wickedness and lawlessness and unrighteousness that we're reading about loom greater and greater and seem to be mounting a global takeover, the gospel is standing strong and tall and will cast its redemptive beams into the center of all that darkness and will miraculously deliver people of every nation, every race, and every creed the same way that it did when the Holy Spirit and the gospel was given to you, the same way that the, when the gospel was given on that dusty African road to Joseph miraculously saved his life. That's what will happen through the message of God's people taking the gospel out. My friends, we have, uh, we have the prophecy of Joel in Joel 2, and Peter reminded us in Acts 2 that in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. My friends, we've got the distinct privilege to be some of the last people this side of the great tribulation to deliver this message of life and deliverance from the judgment to come and help people come to Christ. Because once Christ comes back for his church and raptures the church, it's too late. Now, did I just contradict myself? Didn't earlier you just say people would get saved in the tribulation period? Yes, they will. Some people have said this. You know what, Phil? I think I'm gonna take my chances and see how the tribulation goes. And maybe I'll get saved during the tribulation period. Can I just say to you, that's a really, really bad move. The reason I'm, I'm gonna prove that to you because when speaking about the tribulation and the Antichrist to, to come, Paul said this, I've got it on the screen, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse nine. This man, the Antichrist, will come to do the work of Satan with counterfeit power and signs and miracles. So he will perform miraculous things. And he will use every kind of evil deception. Do you see that word? He's going to bring a deception to fool those on their way to destruction. Why are these people on their way to destruction? Here it is. Because they refuse to love and accept the truth that would save them. So somewhere along the line, they came in connection with the truth. And they refused to let that truth save them. Something shifts then in verse 11. Look at it. So God, hmm, God's going to get involved here now. It's satanic, and it's the Antichrist who's going to deceive everyone. And then God is going to cause those people that refuse to accept the truth to save them to be greatly deceived, and they will believe these lies. Then they will be condemned, why? For enjoying evil rather than believing the truth. 
This is why the Bible says that today is the day of favor. Today is the day of salvation. If you hear the voice of the Spirit today, do not harden your heart. You have the chance right now to accept the truth of the gospel. I wouldn't gamble that to the tribulation period. And I wanna stop right here and I wanna ask every single person, have you said yes to Christ and the good news of the gospel? That's the simple question I have to ask you. I can't, I can't convince you, coerce you, guilt you, or any other you into making this decision. It is your choice to make as the Holy Spirit speaks to you and draws your heart to salvation. Everything in life and eternity depends on how you answer the question, have you said yes to Christ? I promise you, I can make this promise based on the word of God, which I believe is true, that 100 years from now, nothing else will matter to any of us than how we answer the question, have you said yes to Jesus? Because where you spend eternity is directly connected to how you answer that question. I want you to hear me carefully. And those of you who have been around me long enough have heard this before, but I'm gonna say it again because this is so critical to understanding that you are not a body with a soul. You are an eternal soul in a temporal body. Your body is gonna die and your remains will sit in a grave somewhere, but your soul is immortal. Our souls are immortal and that immaterial part of us, our soul will live on in eternity. Forget the hundred years, a thousand years from now, you will still be alert to who you are, you will know who you are and you will know where you are. And you will understand then what you can't possibly know today except by faith that the most important thing you need to know is are you in a right relationship with Jesus Christ? Have you said yes to Jesus and the gospel, the good news of the gospel? Because Hebrews 9.27 says, it is appointed for man to die once and after that comes the judgment. The Bible is clear, my friends, that we are all sinners and because of our sin, the wage The thing that we earn is death. That includes physical death, but it's not talking about physical death. It's talking about spiritual death, eternal death, separation from God. And you can't escape that death on your own. We talked about that earlier. Jesus had to come and make a way so that you can be born again. And he came to suffer and die for our sins so that we might live, so that we might be saved. And all we have to do is confess our sin before him and our dependence upon him for salvation and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. And all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And this is really good news. This is the good news of the gospel. You can have all of Jesus Christ, his life, his light, his love, his grace, and his eternal life forever. If you just will come to him and respond to him and respond to this news, and I would ask you to respond to this today. Today is the day of salvation. Come to Jesus while you still can. Call on the name of the Lord 
Romans 10, 9 says, if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. My, 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 my plea to you, if you don't know the Lord, is come to him today. My plea for those of you who are not sure if you know the Lord is to be saved today. Let us help you with that assurance of your salvation today. All right, I have five minutes for the rest of you. You ready? It's simple. It's not rocket science, and you've heard it all before. But this is where Jesus ends it for us, and this is where I'm gonna end it for us right here. The message is clear. Live the gospel. Or, if you'd rather, because we've been doing this almost every week, shine your light. In the world we live today, we're more conspicuous than ever. There is a greater contrast today between people who are truly walking with God and walking in the light and producing fruit of righteousness than those who are walking in the darkness. And if you stand and will shine the light through your living, the way that you live for Jesus, you will stand out and you will be noticed and God, the Bible says that as you do your good works, it will draw people to himself. So I ask you, does your life so exhibit Jesus Christ that others can see the actual living gospel in you? Can they see Jesus in your attitudes and in your activities? Can they see Jesus in your language, in your demeanor, in your integrity? and the sacrificial love that you have for his church and for everyone else around you. And by this great love that you have inside of you to sacrifice and serve all around you, they will know that you are his disciples and they will be drawn to you. We are to live in a way that reflects the gospel and then always be ready to share the message when God brings the lost to us, which is the second point, preach the gospel. Live the gospel and preach the gospel. Or you can put it another way, open your mouth. Oh, this is hard for some. This is hard for some of us, especially if we're introverts, right? I just can't do it. Yes, you can. No, seriously, I can't, Phil. I, I, I get completely locked up when I try to share my faith. Okay, well, can I just say something to you? You don't get an out on the Great Commission. Amen. You don't get a buy. You don't get to be like, oh, yeah, I understand. You're weak, and you don't talk so well to people. Um, you ever heard that before? Moses, I want you to go and tell Pharaoh, deliver, no, 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 I don't, I don't, don't talk so well. Yeah, well, don't worry about what to say. I'll give you the words to say. No, 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 Lord, no, no. Yes, yes. At some point in sharing your faith, you have to use words. You don't get to just live it. Jesus didn't say, and the gospel will be lived before all mankind at the end, and then the end will come. It doesn't say that. It says the gospel will be preached to the ends of the earth. Paul says to Timothy, who was a timid preacher, okay, who had a problem with self-esteem, had a problem with self-confidence, he says to him, Timothy, do the work of the evangelist. 
That word, remember evangelion? The good messenger. Be a good messenger. This is where we get our word witness. And to witness for Christ doesn't require a degree, a degree in theology or completing a course in lifestyle evangelism as helpful as those might be. Remember evangelism explosion and memorizing 35 verses and being ready to go. Okay, those are good things to do, but that's not necessary to share the gospel. It's as simple as opening your mouths and testifying to what you have witnessed and experienced in your own life. It could be as simple as the man who was blind. Remember the guy who was blind and Jesus healed him? This was his message and this was his testimony. I don't know who healed me. I'm not sure who the guy was. All I know is I was blind and now I see. I was, I was lost, but now I am found. I was, I was guilty, but now I am forgiven. Once I was dead, but now I'm alive. And I just wanna say if Jesus has done anything for you that's worthy of a witness, that gets you excited to share it with others like Joseph the Maasai warrior wanted to share with his village, then if you're not willing to go out and share all that great stuff, then you need to examine your faith. To be a witness isn't to be a, a theologian or to be a lay preacher is simply telling someone else about what Jesus has done for you. <laughs> Are you okay if I take a little extra time? I want to do a Jay Walker's carrot cake update. <laughs> if you were here months and months and months ago when I talked to you about, I was just telling you how awesome their carrot cake is, okay? I love carrot cake, and I have never experienced carrot cake like this, and I told you about that. And I said, it's the best carrot cake in the world has ever known. Some of you are offended because you make carrot cake. Some of you even brought me carrot cake to prove that yours is better than this one, okay? All, all I did was say, you want a great piece of carrot cake? Go to Jay Walker's in Mottville and you will experience. You know what happened? I guess I could ask, how many of you went to experience their carrot cake after I did that? Okay. Okay, well, they noticed that. <laughs> they noticed that. And I mean, they have, we have had conversations because what you had done is you went there and said, hey, my pastor told me you guys have the best carrot cake around. I'm here to find out. And they have other great stuff too. When I go there now, they're like, you're gonna get carrot cake, right? <laughs> and I have to say, no, Robin won't let me this time, okay, and have it, but... Here's what I want to say about this. Ooh. I, I didn't know anything about it except it was good. And I told you about it. And you all went, I'm going to go experience it. All I did was say, you want some great carrot cake? The best carrot cake in the world, Jay Walker's, Mottville. Some of you went like, I'm going to Jay Walker. I don't know how this is made. I'm sure there's carrots in it. That's all I know. I don't know anything about how they make it. I don't know what the ingredients are. I don't know if it's healthy or not healthy. I don't know if they use gluten-free flour or non-gluten. I don't know anything about it. I just know it's awesome. <laughs> Do you get the point? You and I don't have to know all the details and have all the answers to all the questions. You do know that every week I stand up here and I say things to you, especially about the tribulation period and everything, and, and I'm pretty sure I know what I'm saying is true, or else I wouldn't say it. 
But I'm not completely, I don't have all the answers to everything. You don't have to have all the answers. You know what I love about baptisms? There's your gospel story. Now, we have tools, right? I'm running out of time. I'm out of time, so just deal with it. We have tools. This is, an, this is one of the best things I have ever come across, and I've gone through every known evangelism program known to man. I've gone through them all, and this is the best I have found. This is the little revived Bible that we have, especially for those of you who aren't spending a ton of time you know, rehearsing, and maybe, maybe we should do more of that and memorizing all the passages, but sometimes when I get ready to talk to somebody about Jesus, I get stuck, and my brain goes dead. And I'm like, eh, there's a verse, and it's, I, sometimes I can't remember where to take them. This takes you right down through the gospel, right down here, tab it. You just tab it over. All the sin, it falls short of the glory of God. You can't get to God, just like Nicodemus. Romans 6, 23, the second tab, the wages of sin is death. You're gonna die. This is such a simple way to help somebody come through, but the best possible thing you can tell somebody is what Jesus did for you. All I know is, I've had a lot of carrot cake, but I've had the best here. Go there. I don't know. I've tried a lot of things in this world, but none of them bring satisfaction like Jesus. And I want to tell you about my Jesus, and I want to share with you the story of what happened to me. That's what these testimonies in the baptism are so awesome because they just say, this is what happened to me. This is where I was. I was lost, and now I'm found. Somebody told me about Jesus. I accepted Christ as my savior, and now I'm saved, and I want to serve him all the days of my life. It's as simple as that. Here's a, here's a little testimony outline that you can use if you want to get started. What I was before, what I am now, what made the difference. Here's the deal. God is looking for those that he can lead the unsaved too. He's looking for people that would be willing to open their mouths and share the gospel. Do you think if you're not willing to do that because for whatever reason you can't, you say you can't, do you think God will bring people to you to be saved? God is looking for people who will open their mouths and then bring people, unsaved people because it's gonna ramp up. In the end times, I'm gonna pour out my spirit on all people and people are gonna come to Jesus and he needs someone who's a vehicle that's gonna tell them the gospel. Are you available? Are you willing to do it, even though you may be simple? Maybe even though you may not have all the knowledge, are you willing to open your mouth, do whatever it takes to figure out how to share the gospel with people? If so, then you get to be part of all this that will happen in the end. The best witnesses tend to be those who just get saved because they just can't help themselves. They're just all all giddy about it, and they want to tell everybody about it. We need to get back to that. I'm going to close with this. We're, we're living in the last days, <clears throat> and we're the only ones who have the good news for the world this side of the tribulation period. The media doesn't. Academia doesn't. The entertainment industry doesn't have the answers for us. The politicians and statements certainly don't. The only place where hope is found is in the proclamation of the good news by Jesus' followers. What a privilege is ours. What a responsibility is ours in these last days. 
So if God, through his son Jesus, has done everything or anything good for you, go out and tell somebody. Go out and tell anybody. Go out and tell everybody. And then if we do this, and I mean if we all do this, way to go, Steve. All means all, and that's all, all mean. We're talking about every single one of us. If we will all take this on, then we'll bring this prophecy to fulfillment of Matthew 24, 14. This gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come. Let's stand together. If you just bow your heads right now, and if you're a Christian, just start praying for those who may not be in our midst right now. And I just want to speak to those of you who might not know the Lord or are concerned that you don't know the Lord. Whether you're here in the room or you're in your room, wherever you are online. Can I just tell you that it's not a difficult, complicated thing to come to Jesus. And if you're feeling convicted about sin and about your relationship with him, it's because the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now. And he wants your heart. He wants you to be saved. He wants to offer that salvation to you today. And what it takes is just a simple come to Jesus moment where you pray a simple prayer that I have prayed when when I accepted Christ. And it simply goes like this, Lord Jesus, I understand that I'm a sinner. And that I can't save myself from this sin. I understand that you died on the cross for me and you shed your blood for my sins and have offered salvation and forgiveness of those sins for me. I want to accept your free gift of salvation today. I want to be saved. I'm sorry for my sin, but I'm thankful for your salvation. Please save me. Come into my life and change me. I want you to be the Lord of my life. If you pray that or did pray that just now, that's all you need for salvation is to call on the name of the Lord and you will be saved. I want to just ask you if you prayed that prayer right now with me or you would like to, would you just like raise your hand so I can see you and pray for you? I see your hand. Just keep it up until I, yep, I see your hand and I see your hand and your hand and your hand. And your hand, I see yours. Anyone else? Even if you're at home, wherever you are online joining us, you can just kind of click, I want to raise my hand for the Lord. Yes, I see your hand in the back. Thank you. I see your hand. I see yours there in the back. This is the most important work right now that could be done on the planet. 
And that is letting the Holy Spirit work in your heart to bring salvation to your home, the home of your heart. I'd like to just invite those of you who raised your hand. You don't have to if you don't want to, but I would love to be able to talk with you afterwards, talk to you about your new faith, or get you started on your walk with the Lord. It's so important at this point that you be baptized and start moving forward in your walk with God. We would love to talk to you. If you just come down to the front and take our hands out here in the front, we would love to help you with that. If you didn't raise your hand and you want some help with that, come on down here. Today is the day of salvation. Lord, I pray that you'll give strength and, and help to those to step out and make this decision fully for you today. And for all the rest of us, I pray you'll bless us as we go out and shine our lights for you, as we go out and live the gospel and preach the gospel, as we await your soon return, Lord, to take us home. Use us powerfully and bless my brothers and sisters and protect them from the attack of the evil one as they go. In Jesus' powerful name we pray. Everybody say it with me. Amen. 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 God bless you as you go.